Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome, everybody, to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. I'm Jason Zone Fisher. Ralph, how you doing over there? This year, 2020, it uh, keeps coming at us fast. The NBA season just ended, and now it's time for the NBA draft, just like that. Well, you know, the draft should have been over a long time ago, so it's just kind of reverse. And then you go right back into a season. So it's going to be a weird, weird uh, start of the NBA season again in December. So, but we'll get more basketball, so we should be happy with that, right? I, I cannot wait, actually, to be honest. I mean, this is uh, pretty crazy. Of course, in 2020, nothing is normal where an NBA season ends in the fall and a few weeks later, it's the NBA draft and trades are already amongst us. And, and I just want to get right into it today. What's new? What's good? The NBA offseason, the saga, the drama, it's already unfolding. Chris Paul just traded to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, as the Oklahoma City Thunder now have 17 first-round draft picks between this year and 2026. The rebuild is going to be strong in OKC. And now the Phoenix Suns have a formidable backcourt with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. What do you think? Can they be contenders in the West? Well, let's let's be real. So Chris Paul, right, started off his career, Clippers, and, you know, all, all these stops. This is his last stop. I mean, you know, so he's on the downswing of his career. You know, he's never been out of the first and second round of the playoffs. I like the guy. He does great all-state commercials and stuff like that. But, you know, <laughs> you got to get out of the playoffs to make that happen. So, and I think just, you know, OKC was loading, you know, salary to free up space and get more draft pick, which is smart on their move. Yeah. To, to retool as well. But, you know, I love Chris Paul. Stay as long as you can. I, you know, when I played, I was with Robert Parrish. He'd say, look, make them drag you off the court because you can't, you know, you can't get this anywhere else. So, Chris Paul, stay as long as you can. But, Phoenix still going to be, you know, the Phoenix still won't make the playoffs. In my well, opinion. Robert, Robert Parrish, they did have to drag him off the court. He played until his 40s. I mean, he, he had a long career, the Chief. And Chris Paul, speaking of 40s, he's making $40 million uh, next That's season. That's why Oklahoma got rid of him. Yeah, and the following season. He's still owed $80 million plus in his contract. And he's a great player, but uh, a smart move for Oklahoma City. And you know, it's I don't know. I think it's a smart move for Phoenix too, just in that they're they're showing that they want to win. They're they're trying to keep Devin Booker happy. They went eight and zero in the bubble. Uh, they showed a lot of promise. DeAndre Aiden, the young center, they've got some pieces, and now they've got uh, a veteran mixed in there. Are they gonna, you know, go far in the playoffs? No, but they're definitely a playoff team now. 
Well, they, they could be. You never know until we get to playoffs. But as I say, stated, you know, Chris Paul gets hurt during the playoffs. I mean, he always, you know, plays so hard during the course of the season and gets hurt. Can he mix with Devin Booker? Probably because he can play point and he got a shooter. So that will help with the backcourt. Mm-hmm. But how will he play? Now, Chris Paul's going to love Phoenix now. It's a great city to play in. You know, atmosphere, the weather is great. So he'll love it there. But, you know, um, they, they just don't have enough pieces to me. Uh, you know, and we'll see what happens after the draft and after everything settles down, they get more or not. We'll see what happens. And there's going to be a lot of moves. Oklahoma City Thunder, we just mentioned, they've been super busy. They also traded their backup point guard, one of the sixth men uh, of the year candidates, Dennis Schroeder, to the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. I think that's a great fit for the Lakers. I mean, Schroeder is uh, a good defender, but uh, an offensive threat, another weapon for them, and already probably becomes the third most valuable player on that Laker team. Well, whose spot did he take? Rajon Rondo's spot is whose spot he takes. I think so. Uh, I think Rondo's going to be looking for a new home. Rondo, you know, playoff Rondo was a thing, but I I think it it worked. Well, would you you get rid of Rondo or Kuzma? Well, probably both, to be honest. (laughs) You know, I I think if they're able to get something back for Kyle Kuzma, they're definitely going to look into that. But uh, well, they, Rondo, said they, they said DeRozan going to come back, right, for, for, for San Antonio, maybe take his spot. And then, um, you know, the, uh, they couldn't hit the rim. San Antonio Spur guy has been in the playoff with uh, Vancouver and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You know, do you get rid of him? I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's all happening quickly. I don't think DeRozan's going to make it to the Lakers, even though we've hearing that a lot of that chatter. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't. I think that uh, the Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder is uh, a big step and they're probably going to, you know, get more uh, complimentary pieces, role players uh, in the mix. But I don't think they're going to add any other big names. I, I just don't see that they they have enough assets to give up to to make a huge splash other than what they just did getting Schroeder, the point guard. Well, if I'm, you know, and we can get right into the show in a second. But if I think the Lakers, they got LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis. LeBron, you know, longer than two, but still in great shape. He got maybe three years, maybe left, maybe more. Who knows? I mean, 20 years in the league. So they got to do it now. They got they got to make their move now to get back to back. So I think they'll do everything possible they can do to get rid of what they don't want, don't need, and get the best players and put around LeBron. Well, this time next week, the NBA landscape could look completely different than it does today, uh, as trades are now happening and the NBA draft is happening just a few hours from now. We're 24 hours away from one of the most unpredictable drafts potentially in NBA history. We still don't know who's going to go number one, and that's going to dictate what the Minnesota Timberwolves being on the clock, who they select one. That will determine how the rest of the night plays out. There's been a lot of trade rumors. We don't know who's going to go two, three. And it's a draft class that, you know, there's there's a lot of guys in the top 10 that really could go anywhere. So it's going to be fun to watch that unfold in, in a year unlike any other and a draft unlike any other. Well, the dominoes will fall out to the first pick and then everybody will start jockeying for position and see who's what, where, when, and how. I mean, look at Cal Kuzma, 27th pick in the first round. So you never know what you can get. And it's going to be interesting to watch this draft this year because it's going to be a nightmare of an experience, none like any other before in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, every year there's there's a diamond in the rough. Look at the 2013 draft when my beloved Cleveland Cavaliers had the number one pick and they took Anthony Bennett. And then about 13, 14 picks later was Giannis Antetokounmpo. So multiple teams, over 10 teams, passed up on the opportunity to draft 
the reigning two-time MVP. And the Cavs, number one overall, selected Anthony Bennett, a guy who's out of the league. You never know. That well, that could be the case well, this year, too. We don't know how it's going to shape out. Although I can tell you before we get started, somebody didn't do a good scouting job in Cleveland. So you need to fire <laughs> whoever was there. They don't need to be in basketball ever again. That was, that was uh, yeah, he, he was fired. He was fired. And, and I don't think he is in basketball right now either. That, that's true. Uh, so we brought in an expert today for our show to preview the NBA draft. Someone who studies this year round. He's been studying these players for the past two years plus. Jonathan Wasserman, he's the lead NBA scout and NBA draft reporter for Bleacher Report. He hosts the Lottery Podcast. Uh, he also happens to be my former fraternity brother at Syracuse University. And uh, he, for a little guy, he's got some good ball handling skills and a good jump shot. We played some pickup games back in the day in college. And he knows his hoops more than, more than most. And he definitely knows the NBA draft more than almost anyone in the world. Yeah, it's going to be a great interview. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get it started. All right, let's get right to it. Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report coming up next on Center Court. All right, we are so excited to have an NBA draft expert in the house and another Syracuse alumni, Ralph, you know, had to keep the orange presence strong. That's right. We are joined by the lead NBA scout and NBA draft reporter for Bleacher Report and the host of the Lottery Podcast, Jonathan Wasserman. Was, thank you so much for being here today. This is like your busiest time of the year. Your Super Bowl is uh, hours away with the NBA draft upon us. Fish, I had to make time for you and Ralph. Uh, I'm I'm happy you guys invited me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us for sure. We're glad you're here. But uh, the lottery, the draft is a little bit weird. It used to be in June, now it's in November. So, I mean, it'll change the game up a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, I feel like I've been talking about the same guys for for 10 months now, and that's because I have. So I'm I'm looking forward to November 18th. I'm also looking forward to November 19th. We can start talking about next year's guys. <laughs> there you sure. go. You're not going to see them. I mean, this year, guys, the summer league and all that, you, I mean, you kind of get a better feel for it. Do you, do you go to the summer league or anything like that to watch guys, or how do you evaluate your, your talent when you look at it? Yeah, so we, you're right. We usually get summer league to go and watch them. And, you know, I keep track of the rookies and sophomores to see, you know, how my projections have been. And naturally, I'm more invested in, in, in the young players in the NBA. And there's always, you know, a couple months after the draft to uh, to see how they do. And now a, a month later, um, these these guys are going straight to the NBA. I mean, December 22nd, they're playing their first pro game one month after they're drafted, which is which is wild. Um, and so once they go pro, you know, I, I really have to turn my attention to college basketball, which starts a week after the draft, November 25th. And so I start pre- preparing for the 2021 draft. So, yeah, it's a pretty wow. weird time. It is crazy. Well, how do you think this is going to, before we get into the specifics of this year's draft class, how do you think that pace is going to affect this year's rookie class? It's unprecedented being drafted, guys not knowing what team they're going to end up on, what the fit, who the coach is, to training camp opens two weeks later, and then games start playing. Yeah, I feel bad. I mean, I I, I would lower the bar for the for, the, for next year's rookies, honestly, with, with mm. such, such little time to to prepare um, no summer league. I mean, I always, I always put a lot of stock in the summer league. I think they can really get acclimated with, you know, the pro game and a different level of physicality um, going from college to even, even if most of the guys in summer league, you know, are, are bench guys or guys trying to make a team, it's still different and it still helps to, to get that experience. And then, of course, training camp um, and, and just, uh, 
you know, being around NBA players and coaches and stuff, and they're going to have to jump right in. I'm going to imagine that even, even the top couple picks in this draft, um, it's going to take them some time to, to get used to the pro game. So you mentioned the summer league. So I always devalued the summer league because of, uh, you know, you might like going to Vegas and hanging out and everybody's <laughs> gives like a family reunion, but the playing atmosphere is totally different, but it's the coaching atmosphere. So how do you evaluate summer league when you're there? Cause there's a lot going on during the summer league. Yeah. I mean, I usually don't take it too seriously in terms of stats, right? I just like, just to get used to the different pace uh, and, and again, playing against guys who are just bigger and more athletic and quicker and learning, you know, NBA schemes and stuff like that. It's just right. different. But, yeah, every year you see guys, you know, put up big numbers. Like, I'll never forget Kevin Knox had a mm -hmm. huge summer league, averaged like 21 points a game. Everyone was talking about Kevin Knox. And then he was brutal as a rookie right. uh, and sophomore. So you don't put too much stock into the performance. But I think mm -hmm. from a player development standpoint and just getting familiar with the coaching and the pace of the game and, and the opponent's size and stuff, I mean, I think that's really where the value is. Yeah. Now, Wass, this is going to be one of the most unpredictable drafts maybe in NBA history. It's not mm -hmm. a clear cut. You know, we don't even know who's going to go number one for certain yet. Does that make it more fun for you to cover a draft like this? Or would you prefer maybe a stacked draft class like we had a couple of years ago with Luca and Trey Young and DeAndre Aiden? Is it more about the talent that's coming in or the unpredictability? So as a fan, I love the unpredictability. I love not knowing who's going to be the first pick. We may not know until five minutes before it's actually picked. From um, a draft expert standpoint, I don't like it because, uh, I mean, I, I have no real feel for my projections. <laughs> and, you know, LaMelo Ball, uh, who I've been talking about all year, I think has the best chance to go number one. I also think he has the best chance to slip out of the top three. Um, and so uh, my level of confidence this year in picking who's going where is lower than it typically is. Mm -hmm. Have you seen LaMelo play? Because I mean, I've seen him when he was younger, but I mean, the jump shot to me is, I mean, Steph Curry's got a weird when I get there, but it's very effective. But Lamelo Ball, I don't know. I'm going to put all my apples in the basket to take him number one. I think that's a little bit suspect. Yeah, and so that's the big swing skill and what the Timberwolves front office and the Warriors and the Hornets, that's, I'm sure that's the big topic of conversation, you know, when they're debating Lamelo Ball's NBA potential. And so I think really when they're looking at Lamelo, they're not so much worrying about the jumper right now. They're valuing his passing because I think passing translates, right? He's got mm -hmm. amazing vision, okay. creating ability, and somebody you could just bank on at 6'7 to handle the ball and create easy shots and quality looks for his teammates. Now the question is, in terms of projecting his upside, because he got a score in today's league, particularly as a lead guard, will he be able to shoot at a high enough level? And, you know, it's still a debatable topic. He did make around two threes per game in Australia, so he has the shot-making ability, but it'll come down to consistency and kind of fine-tuning his mechanics because he does have that weird low-release where his elbows flare out. And, but listen, NBA coach, there's a lot of shooting coaches in the NBA didn't really um, get, to, get the chance to really use in Australia or in high school. Right. And they'll take it a little bit more seriously now that he's at the pro level and he's certainly going to have more time to do it. Would you compare him to someone like Ben Simmons? I mean, Ben Simmons had all the potential in the world, right? He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but his jump shot, I mean, Jason, you could shoot better than he can. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Lamelo has more more perimeter skill. I mean, like, I mean, I think I think um, Simmons took three three pointers at LSU his entire freshman year. And I don't think he took any, you know, his first couple seasons in Philly. Lamelo isn't shy. I mean, he's going to keep firing away and he's going to make threes. It just might he just might not make them at an efficient clip early on. So, I mean, I think Lamelo's perimeter game is is far more advanced than Simmons. Simmons is is definitely a much more physical defender. Right. Um, if we're comparing the two. 
when Lonzo Ball came out a few years ago and the Lakers drafted him, we you could not escape LeVar Ball. He was everywhere, talking on every media outlet, and it, it almost became a detriment. Like, oh, man, do we want to draft this guy and have LeVar around everywhere? You haven't heard anything from LeVar Ball or about LeVar Ball. Is that on purpose? Well, what are you hearing about the chatter with the, the Ball family? I think he's actually shown a little bit of self-awareness here and mm-hmm. realizing that he wasn't helping his kids. He was putting extra pressure on them. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of attacking the family, even though even attacking Lonzo, even though he had nothing to do with you know what was coming out of his father's mouth. So I think mm-hmm. he, he obviously had people telling him to tone it down. And it seems like he's gained some self-awareness here with his with Lamelo now um, in the spotlight. And, you know, I also question, I think it had an effect on the relationships with, mm-hmm. with LeVar and his kids. And so he's, he's toned it down now. And I really don't think it's going to factor into teams evaluation. I mean, I get the question all the time. Like, do you want to deal with LeVar? Do you want to take LaMelo and deal with the show that comes with LeVar? But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's honestly going to factor into teams evaluation at this point. I think they've realized that, He's going to take a back seat, relatively speaking. He's still going to talk here and there, yeah. but but not enough to, I think, really uh, do anything negative to his son. Well, I also think he, he knows, understand the league better now as a father. And you, you get drafted, you go to the mighty Los Angeles Lakers, you're going to be all world, be like Magic Johnson. Then, oh, you get traded to the Pelicans. <laughs> you get traded from the from the castle to the to the outhouse, basically. And so that tells you something right there. Yeah, so- no, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, like uh, – Right, this kid goes number two overall, and, and um, everyone's praising him. And just like that, he's gone, traded after mm-hmm. a couple of disappointing seasons. Yes. With this year's draft class, it seems like there really is a clear top three. We don't know the order within those top three, but you always hear James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball in some order, one through three. Do you think there's any chance that one of those guys does slip out of the top three? Um, and what may be the reason for that if that does happen? So I think LaMelo has the best chance to slip out of the top three, and it really comes down to fit with the top three teams. So Minnesota, I mean, they just went out and got D'Angelo Russell, a veteran guard to run the show. And, you know, you just picture in your head, okay, D'Angelo, you know, we just got you, but now we're going to give the ball to a 19-year-old kid. Uh, Because if if you're drafting LaMelo, you need him to have the ball. Otherwise, you're not letting him play to his strengths if you just put him off the ball. I mean, he's not Mm -hmm. a spot-up shooter. He's a guy who creates and dances with the ball and makes things happen. So I, it's plus the defensive fit with Russell and, and Lamelo is, is obviously problematic and questionable. So it's it's possible to think Minnesota takes um, Anthony Edwards first, or even James Wiseman, and then Golden State. Um, I've heard mixed things about what they're thinking about Lamelo. He doesn't exactly fit their culture. I mean, he's he's a kid no. going to a veteran team, and and personality wise, they can clash. And plus, obviously, they have Steph Curry to run the show there, and so maybe they don't like Lamelo as a fit. And then the Hornets. I don't really know exactly what the Hornets are thinking, but Devontae Graham was just one of the breakout players of the year. Um, they did sign Terry Rozier to a, a three-year deal, although I don't think he's going to impact their decision. And, um, you know, I could just see them being a little bit hesitant to add another inefficient score in LaMelo. I know Graham had a good season, but under 40% from the field. And so you question them together and, and possibly, you know, Hornets could say, okay, we want, we want scoring and a big guy and Obi Toppin is right there. And we could bank on him to, to give us production right away. Uh, 22-year-old national player of the year in college basketball. And then another guy, Onyeka Okongwu, is a big-time defender who gives him athleticism in the middle right. So I could possibly see LaMelo falling to Chicago. I can't see him falling, falling to Cleveland at that point. Oh, Jason, that's your team, man. He can't fall to Cleveland. You don't like that. 
Well, the Cleveland's got enough point guards. We with Colin <laughs> yeah, Sexton, Darius Garland. It's like we're good on the small guards. I'm wearing my Obi Toppin shirt because he's you know the Dayton Flyer. I'm a big Cleveland Cavalier fan. I've been a fan of Obi Toppin all last season. Taking this underdog school, I was hoping to see them in the tournament. Obviously, I, he just looks like he is NBA ready physically. Uh, he's got the body, the athleticism. I mean, he was doing. Uh, between the league, between the leg dunks during games, which probably isn't wise to do, but it was fun to see him showcase that athleticism that he had. What are the odds that Obi Toppin does end up in Cleveland with the number five pick? Listen, since the lottery happened, I've done about seven mock drafts, and I think all seven I haven't gone to Cleveland. Okay, and, and no. I just I think that's how it's going to play out, unless a team reaches. Uh, and I'd say yeah. if I were to pick one long shot to crack the top three, it would be Obi. Every scout that I talk to loves yeah. Obi Toppin. Um, and they just feel very confident about him and very certain in a draft that's just filled with so much uncertainty. Uh, oh, however, if the, if the big three go, you know, LaMelo, James Wise, and Edwards, um, and Chicago, who could really use like a, a versatile forward and wing, and Denny Avdia from Israel stands out as an obvious fit for them. And of course, Chicago also has Mark Nin and Wendell Carter. So that's a couple of big guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Obi goes, goes to Cleveland. And I, I think to Cleveland, he's just the best player available, but also somebody who, gives them production right away and, and Cleveland is as you know they got to get some wins going I mean they have a bunch of prospects but eventually yeah. they want to see results and I think Obi Toppin uh, is probably the most NBA ready prospect of all the guys and he'll sell tickets you know uh, assuming their tickets to be sold and fans can go to games <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but he would be exciting right there <laughs> yeah exactly well I, I hope that uh, all of your mock drafts are correct as a Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> fan I would love to see Obi Toppin in a Cavs uniform um but we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Now, for some NBA executives, I feel like would they almost rather have the, the third pick in this draft than the first pick? Maybe a little bit less pressure on them to have to get it right. It's like, well, it was an obvious and easier choice for them if they're picking third, like Charlotte, as opposed to one in Minnesota. Absolutely. Less pressure. I mean, uh, I've heard Minnesota, Golden State both looking to trade down. Right. Um, and honestly, there's some idea that the number one pick is just as good as the number seven pick in terms of players. Like the guys who are projected to go four through nine aren't that far off from the guys who are going to go one through three. And I kind of said all year, even though I have LaMelo at number one and, uh, and I have uh, Okongu up there, I could see this as a draft where the best player who comes from this draft is not the first pick or not the second pick. Um, and so, yeah, trading down, all the top teams at the top are looking to trade down. The question is, is there going to be enough of a market enough interest from teams in that four to nine range you want to trade up i mean we know this you know 2020 has been a a year that we want to forget right so nba draft is probably the same so i discount the team in the draft this year you know probably 25 to 30 percent because you don't get to see the players in summer league you have them where you interview them on a zoom call as well but you mentioned your your your, your draft picks your mock draft over the years What's been the best pick you had that was number one that panned out in the league? And what's your worst one? Oh, good question, <laughs> Ralph. I like this. I mean, most of the number ones are pretty obvious every year, right? You know, Zion was number one for me. I can quickly, now that I'm going down the list, I can tell you I had Markel Fultz number one, and that didn't work out. <laughs> I was very confident in Markel yeah. Fultz. Um, on the other hand, I had Luka Doncic number one, and he didn't go number one. Yeah. And so I was a big fan of Luca watching him in EuroLeague, uh, you know, before he even we were talking about where he was going to go in the draft. And I was very high on him. Um, and I was disappointed that Phoenix didn't take him and that they took DeAndre Ayton. So I'll, I'll hang my hat on knowing that 
Uh, I had I had Doncic over Aiton and uh, over Marvin Bagley and over Trey Young, although Trey turned out to be a pretty good player. Well, Phoenix is sorry. Phoenix is sorry. Didn't take him either, right? So yeah. whoever making that draft pick should have been fired, right? And I just, <laughs> I just got a call. You've been offered, Wass. You've been offered the uh, general manager position of the Sacramento Kings. They, they heard that uh, you t- had Luca over Bagley, and and they would have been better off with you. You know, what, I'll, I'll pass. Position. I'll pass on that offer. Actually. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, and, but to to Ralph's other part of the question is there. I know you said Marco Fultz. Is there someone that really? disappointed you that you thought was going to be maybe a, a superstar player or show more potential than they have thus far in their career? Um, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think Anthony Bennett would be out of the league. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't expect him to go first. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think like most of us, we had him in that top 10 range. And, and he, he takes a lot of crap uh, because of the expectations and the bar that was set with going number one. But he didn't pick himself number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had some expectations that he'd be a, a good, versatile player in this league. Uh, and I was disappointed to learn that he really not only could he not build on, on the flashes we saw from UNLV, but he really couldn't even he couldn't stay in the league for that long. And so yeah. he's one guy who I, you know, I feel bad about and I did have some hope for. But I think the pressure got to him. So, Jason, did you guys play uh, in a mural that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in college and Syracuse? <laughs> So I wonder how, because it's interesting to see how the league has evolved with guys like you, Jonathan, as well, and how you are able to have the passion about basketball, right, in the NBA, and be able to evaluate talent. What do you see, and do, do you have any history playing basketball? How did that work? Because, you know, there's positions in the league now, I'm telling Jason before, when I played in it, we only had 25 people in the front office. Now you got 425, so, <laughs> and you got evaluators. We got... You know, in Phoenix, when I coached there, we had uh, people from Harvard come in and be talent evaluators. I mean, you know, some people, and then there's film guys that become general managers. So it's a change. So what's your passion with basketball? How did that work, and how did you get where you are? Basketball was always my passion growing up. Unfortunately, I'm five foot six, so it could never, okay. really, could never really take me very far. Um, of course. Yeah, right, except I couldn't jump. Um, and so now I played, I mean, I played all throughout high school and of course I knew I would never, uh, have any, any chances at, at playing in college, but I, I'm, I'm a junkie. You know, I was always, uh, coming out of Syracuse, I knew I needed to do something in basketball and I wrote for a website called nbadraft.net. They were the first to project mock drafts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I had to get involved in scouting somehow. And I contacted everyone possible and, and this company gave me a chance. And so I've kind of been. Um, locked in. That was in 2009. I got, graduated Syracuse in 2008. So 2009 is when I started, you know, writing about it as kind of a hobby and, and getting paid very little. But uh, I'm also, I grew up in New York. I've had Knicks season tickets since I was a baby. My, my family has taken me to games, um, you know, from the Reggie Miller days and the John Starks days. And so I'm just, uh, you know, always thinking about basketball and, and I'm talking to a lot of guys in NBA front offices over the past 10 years and, and staying locked in and plugged into to how the league has changed. Um, and so really that's kind of where it comes from. Gotcha. Do you ever pinch yourself that like, this is what you do for a living growing up, a huge <laughs> basketball fan, going to Syracuse, you know, doing it for fun. We're us always talking hoops. And now you get paid to write about and report on the NBA. One of your first loves. Yeah, no, it's funny because it's not something, you know, if you were to ask me when I was in college, what do I want to do for a living? It wasn't going to say be an NBA draft analyst for Bleacher Report. <laughs> right, right. Um, it, it never really crossed my mind. I just knew I had to be involved in basketball 
And uh, I tried every way to, to get in, you know, internships and stuff like that. And, and it happened through journalism. You know, I didn't, I didn't major in journalism. I didn't go to communication wow. school in Syracuse. I was in the business school. Uh, actually, when I got out of college, I worked for uh, the New York Islanders as a marketing intern. And it took me a year to realize I don't have any marketing skills. I don't have any business <laughs> skills. Um, and so I kind of was doing it as a hobby, as writing, just to, just to you know, be involved in basketball. And, and luckily enough, Bleacher Report uh, called me after reading my stuff for three years and, and brought me on to, to go full-time as their draft expert. And that was nine years ago. Wow. Good run. Good run for sure. Yeah. That's and it's just, going. it's just beginning, you know, it's just getting started. It's been fun to watch that journey for sure. Um, well, getting back into the draft just a couple of days away, how about we've talked a lot about the the three big names and who might go first between Ball, Wiseman, Edwards, and you hear a lot about them in the media right now. But how about some of the other guys as we get a little deeper into the draft? Who do you think is going to be uh, the most NBA ready player who's going to make the biggest impact in year one? And maybe who's someone that might end up having the best or the longest career? So I'm a big fan of Onyeka Okongwu from USC. Mm. Um, and it's possible he goes number nine, you know, slips a little bit because a lot of teams have centers. You know, the Hawks just traded for Capella. The Knicks have Mitchell Robinson. Cleveland has, you know, they just traded for Andre Drummond. And, and that could possibly allow Okongwu to slip. And to me, he, he could become the best value pick in the draft. Mm. Uh, high energy, super athletic, uh, great tools, long wingspan, and, 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 you know, big time finisher and a big time shot blocker. But I think what, What's really going to separate him and allow him to flourish is some some ball skills. He can really create his own shot around the paint. He's got good footwork. He's got a left hand. He's a good passer. And then defensively now, you can't just be a shot blocker. You have to be able to switch around the perimeter and guard wings and small guys. And he's got really good lateral movement. So I think he's somebody who, just based on his tools and movement, can come in and make an impact. But somebody I have as a top three prospect in this draft because of his skill development and his defensive versatility. So he's somebody I think can come in and make an impact right away. And then another guy, Tyrese Halliburton um, mm-hmm. from, from Iowa State. Just not the most athletic, um, not the most creative, but very smart, a tremendous passer. And I always say passing translates and a very good catch and shooter. And so I think you can kind of play him off anybody. You can play him at the one. You can play him off the ball at the two. Uh, he can run pick and rolls. He makes excellent decisions. He's a smart defender. May not ever be a big 20-point scorer. But I think if you put him in a lineup and say, play to your strengths, move the ball, knock down open shots, find the open man, I think he can do that and he can really help a good team. Yeah, the good, yeah, good role play. You mentioned centers. There's no such thing as a real center in the league today, right? There's no, you know, one, two, three, four, five. There's no point guard. There's no five and four, right? So these guys got to be very versatile, right? So you mentioned this guy that's a little bit more versatile than most centers. And you mentioned Capella and Andre Drummond going, uh, get, getting traded as well. So, when I played, obviously there was the power forward, the point forward, the shooting guard. You know, everybody played a role. It's totally different now. So have you seen that evolve? Because you're very knowledgeable about the game of basketball and you're very passionate about it. So in the time you've been doing this, what had evolved in your experiences about the game of basketball that you've seen? No, you just kind of nailed it. Even when I started to do this full time, there was. It was the one, two, three, four, and five. And now it's basically ball handlers, wings, and bigs. Right. There's not much of a difference between the four and five. There's not much of a difference between the two and three. And even the two and one, you could play two point guards at the same time. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You need the right mix of five guys on the floor. Um, and so I think nowadays, and maybe I'd say five years ago for big guys, right? It was a, 
you wanted your big guys to be able to stretch the floor and shoot. Now, now it's more than just being a stretch big. Now you want your, your five man to be able to put the ball on the floor and attack a closeout yeah. and yeah. make a play off the dribble like Bam and, and Jokic. You know, that's the new age center. Um, and teams aren't worrying so much about height anymore. You know, you don't have to be seven feet tall. I mean, you could play Andre. Come on, man. You, you, you're five, seven. I'm seven feet. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Draymond Green's playing center. These oh, days, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And, uh, and PJ Tucker, six, six, and you're playing center. And it's, it's not so much about height and, and rim protection is about being able to guard multiple positions um, and being able to do a lot of different things on the floor. All right, Jason. So I'm going to give you guys, uh, as general managers of a team, since you're my co-host, you get the first pick. Jonathan, you get first pick. Who would you take on your team and you got to play the championship with? Jason, you go first. Which is any pick? player in the any NBA. Any player in the world. Any player, yeah. Well, I mean, I, if it's if I'm starting a franchise, that's a different thing than like this season going into it. Because for one season, I'm taking LeBron James still. I okay, mean, you got he's LeBron. He's been there. He's still the best. So I'll take LeBron one. If, if I'm building for – a one year and bust, we're going for a championship. I'll, I'll, I say LeBron James, even okay. uh, being tired and having a month off, he'll be ready come the next playoffs. I would have taken LeBron too. So, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm still on the LeBron train and, and think he is the most impactful player uh, on an every game basis. Number two, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I think Kawhi, I know he had disappointing results with Los Angeles, mm -hmm. but I think when we talk about impact at both ends of the floor. He's a guy you can bank on for 25 a game, and you could also bank on him to guard the other team's best player every possession and make it tough on him. So He, he, he uh, got a mid-range game, so he you know he, he got that down pat. Most people don't do that, right? And I'm okay with the mid-range game as long as you're really good at the mid-range. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, he's really good at it. All right, yeah. Jason, you got, what do you got? All right, well, but that this is a perfect example. We're talking about the NBA draft. LeBron James, I mean – one of the most obvious number one picks in history since you, Ralph Sampson. I mean, everyone knew LeBron would be go first mm -hmm. and he lived up to the hype and is still the GOAT. But you've got Kawhi Leonard who was drafted 15th and traded on draft day. And that just right. shows the impact that you can find deeper in the draft that he is up there almost on LeBron's level as the next best player in the NBA if you're building a squad for one year. Uh, drafting next, you know, it, I... It's crazy because you could say Giannis, he's the back-to-back -back MVP, but mm -hmm. I don't know that I would say him next. Uh, you could say uh, Jimmy Butler, based on what he just did, um, that killer mentality and leadership that he showed in the finals. But I'm going to say Luka Doncic because oh, wow. he is going to be the MVP of this upcoming season, is my prediction. He just keeps getting better and better every single day that he plays, and he's only 22 years old. The sky's the limit. I, I think this is we're about to see the best is yet to come from Luka. So you got LeBron, Luka. Just Fish. give me the took, championship. You took my you're right, you're right. Cassie yeah. in. You got two players. <laughs> and we got Ron and, Ka and Kawhi. Okay. Dolphin, you up. I mean, next I'm going Anthony Davis. I mean, I would have taken Luka yeah. too. I'm a big Luka guy. And I think that guys who are able to impact the game, like he he comes to mind, you know, with LeBron. And Luka mm -hmm. is a guy who can really control the game. But Anthony Davis is just unguardable when he wants to be. And so um, I, I think he's taken it to another level. Uh, motivation-wise and, and skill-wise and just figuring things out. I know early on in his career, he was kind of an empty stats guy. His teams weren't, weren't winning. And, of course, he's helped out by LeBron. But hmm. I think at this point in his career, um, he's ready to turn those stats into championships. 
I don't know if he has the toughest mentality. LeBron has to care and get him motivated. He's got all the Billy in the world, right? But his mentality sometimes goes south, and then he thinks the switch is on, right? And yeah. I can go through the motions, and then he has a bad game. Next night, he has to come out and kill it, right? So he's got to yeah. learn that to me. Yep. You're right. It's yeah. all about consistency with a guy like Anthony Davis. The ability's there, but it's not there every single night in and night out. And hopefully he'll learn. He's learning from the best playing alongside LeBron to do that. All right, Jason, who you got? You got your oh, third man, pick. We're just drafting the whole roster here. <laughs> okay. No, you got it. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I mean, I guess give me Giannis. Uh, he is the back-to-back MVP and the okay. reigning defensive player of the year. So it's kind of a sleeper as uh, the third player I'm rounding out a squad with. <laughs> okay. We, no, no denying him. He's good. Yeah, uh, he's pretty good. Ralph, I'm going with James Harden next. Oh, wow. I mean, I'll take – I want a guy who could put in 35 every single night. But he's going to give up 35, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I got Kawhi and Anthony Davis. Well, there you go. Spot. There you go. All right. Well, we got a fun all-star game uh, taking shape here. <laughs> this is good. All right, okay. Fourth, ne- fourth all right. Next, uh, give me Jimmy Butler because okay, this team is going to want to win it more than the James Harden squad, uh, Anthony Davis squad over there. I, I'm sorry. You you got – it looks good on paper, Wasp, but I'm stealing your guys, and, and I want that killer, that edge, that mentality, that – that Jimmy Butler showed in this postseason. Oh, that's that's funny. He he, yeah. he, he did do it this season, so it's okay. Yeah. I watch what you got. What you, you <laughs> your fifth pick? I mean, Steph Curry. Not even a question <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, his, I mean his, that's your fifth pick. Steph Curry is your fifth pick. Fourth pick. His fourth yeah. pick. His fourth greatest pick, shooter yes. of all time. Yeah. yeah. He's not your number one, but he's number four. Okay. He <laughs> dropped. He dropped in his draft. Okay, good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, not bad. All right. I guess we'll we'll each take one more guy here. Yeah. Uh I, I don't even know what my team is. I got LeBron, Luca, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Giannis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I guess we need I mean both LeBron and Luca are kind of point guards, so this is just positionless basketball that we're playing over here on my squad. Uh, man, we're gonna we're gonna have to take. You know, I, I think we need a, a shooter. So there are better players available out there, but I'm gonna take Clay Thompson. I just want someone who's just gonna shoot. And you took Steph Curry, so he's just gonna there you go. You know, right. be posted up in the corner. Clay Thompson will round out my starting five. There you go. Uh, I'm filling out the starting five with Zion Williamson. I think he's too unique. I know he may not be ready, but with a team like Steph and Kawhi and AD, he could play to his strengths. He didn't have to force anything. He's the most physically imposing player in the league at 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen anything like him. So the only one you guys didn't pick was KD, Kevin Durant. I mean, I know you wouldn't play this year, but I mean, KD is not too bad in this group, right? So, <laughs> that's and, right. And, and Clay and Steph dropped to number four and five. So, mm-hmm. you know, that tells you, you know, the view of the league, right, in a short period of time. I, I want to see KD after the injury. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying KD before, so before the injury, you might not, <laughs> might not be ready this year. But it's funny how, and I yeah. asked that question. I did the draft because it's funny how a player over a period of time can drop out of the league so quickly. Yeah. And when the drafts come and they have these projections and in two years, you don't find them anywhere. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, Kevin Durant, uh, before he got hurt, he was regarded as it was his moment to take over yeah. LeBron's crown as the best player in the game. And it is funny that, you know, obviously we know Kevin Durant's a great player is coming off an injury, but that he's not an obvious top 
pick for us when thinking right. about who's going to help you win this next season. Uh, but it could all change within the first week of the season, which will be which will be exciting to watch. Um, Was it's been fun doing a little uh, different type of mock draft with you right here. <laughs> that was good. I think we do a mock draft. That's yeah, that, that was good. I like that. Uh, I that got two fun. five for seven general managers, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I got a little bit of height on Was, not much, you know. But I'm the shooting guard, maybe of this of our starting lineup here. Um, you know, this has been obviously a year unlike any other, and a pre-draft process unlike ever any other. Ralph, I know it was pretty obvious you were going to be the number one pick, but still, I'm sure you had maybe some workouts, you had meetings with, with no, nothing. Did you have anything? Did you have a, it was just no, too easy so, for you. I mean, I, I knew I was going to be number one pick, number one pick out of high school. I knew yeah. I was going to be number one pick my second, <laughs> third, and fourth year in the NBA. And if, if I wanted to come out, then, you know, I came out. But I knew that going in, so I didn't have to work out. It's totally different today. Yeah. You don't have to work out. You don't have summer league. You know, I didn't do anything. Uh, you know, I went to the Pete and Old Big Man camp every year, they, and all the scouts saw me there, and that was pretty much mm -hmm. it. No, so you had it easy. You were it was it was obvious it for you. You had it easy. That's I don't know about that, but okay. Yeah, it, it was pretty obvious that you were the uh, unanimous uh, number one overall selection when you came out. Um, but for these guys in this year's draft class, what has this process been like, Was? I mean, they're doing Zoom calls to meet with teams, right? Like, how, how does this work? I just talked to a, a potential lottery pick about an hour right before we got, and he said it's. He's anxious. I mean, this has been a stressful time. Um, a, first off, traveling during a pandemic. Um, oh. And normally it's even worse because, you know, now teams right now are limited to just 10 workouts. They're only allowed to see 10 guys in person. Normally, these guys are, are in a different city every single night working mm -hmm. out and auditioning for a team. Um, and so the Zoom, the Zoom thing helps in terms of not having to be constantly on the move. Um, but from a team standpoint, I guess it's kind of tough to really get to know a player through a computer screen. So it's different for teams. It's different for players. Um, but, yes, players are, you know, they're, they're starting workouts. And, and, Ralph, it's just totally different now. Totally different. Um, and, and not and it's teams put so much stock into not just the workouts, but they interview a couple of times. They take yeah. you out to dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, they make these background checks. They call your friends, your family, the guy who served you a sandwich, the deli. I mean, they want to know everything there is to know about you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so uh, players are, you know, they're on edge. They always want to make a good impression. And uh, a lot goes into this pre-draft process, both for the prospect who's 19 years old and for the team. Yes, yeah, a lot. And our coach in Phoenix with uh, Lance Blanks and the crew, whatever, we had like seven straight days of 10 to 15 guys coming in every day. Yeah. They get there and that night before workout the next day, get on the plane that night and go somewhere else and do the same thing for like seven straight days. It was crazy. And then they had interviews and, and, and give them mail and then they put your butt on the plane and see you later. And it's yeah. toughest for the guys who are just trying to be first rounders. For the, yes. for the top guys, they pick and choose who they want to visit, right? Like Lamella right. Ball is only going to see the top three teams or top four teams in this draft. But a guy who's trying to crack the first round in normal years, he's in he's in you know twenty different cities in twenty five different days, twenty five days. That's crazy. Wow! Just trying to make an impression on somebody. Crazy. So I have a cousin that plays at or played at Virginia. Now he's uh, uh, chomping at a bit. His name is Braxton Keyes. I don't see him anywhere on the draft board. Uh, personally, so and I look at him, but uh, what do you think about him's chances? And do you know him at all about even getting drafted? Yeah, I don't know about it. Listen, he's a good college basketball player, but uh, there's a lot of good college basketball players. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he's getting NBA looks, but uh, you know, to, to be able to play at Virginia and to play his level is pretty impressive. 
Well, you know, that's a Tony Bennett system, but I agree with that. The, the system is good for the NBA, but uh, we'll see what happens to him as well. We had him on the show earlier in this year. Mm. That's right. Yes, we're we're rooting for him. We're rooting for Braxton. You know, maybe uh, a team takes a chance on him. And you know, we've also seen some guys don't get drafted, but they still they find a way. You know, they get invites to to training camps, the summer league, and and not just summer league. Obviously, this year, but but this year there's going to be. Uh, this is going to be a season unlike we've seen before where there's going to be all sorts of other factors. There's, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, more guys might get looks as the season goes about. Yeah. And we were talking about summer league earlier, but having no summer league is really a, a negative for some of these undrafted guys. Cause how many right, times yeah. do we see an undrafted guy, you know, make, make an impression on somebody who, you know, you weren't expecting. And yeah. uh, some of these guys make teams, or, you know, get invites to training camps because they played a couple good games um, as undrafted free agents in summer league. So I think mm-hmm. that really works against some of these guys who didn't hear their names called in the second round. Um, all right, Wasp, the NBA draft is coming up. What What is it like to be you on draft night during the draft? Like, where will you be? How many phones will you have? Are you texting <laughs> nonstop? Just give me a glimpse into being the lead NBA draft reporter for somewhere like Bleacher Report, what does it look and feel like in the hours leading up to the draft and then as the picks start coming in? All right. Well, I mean, a lot of text messaging. Um, you know, nowadays it's less phone calls. It's more text. It's mm-hmm. easier to reach people. Um, you know, normally we do a show, you know, a live show. No, no live show this year, obviously, with the pandemic. So, you know, I'm going to be home watching like everybody else. Um, and you know, I'll be on the phone, I'll be texting, but I'm also going to be enjoying myself because my mock draft will already be out once the draft is going. I mean, I kind of turned into a fan, although I will be very curious and you know, trying to make calls ahead of time to, to find out where guys are going, but uh, nothing special planned. I'll be like everybody else for the most part, just a lot of text messages. So, have you finished your mock draft already, or are you still working on it? No, they'll have the final edition, I think, published uh, sometime next early next week, but. You know, the second I put it out, it's going to change and then it's going to change again. And then, you know, there's going to be a trade that screws everything up. And so, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. It's it's a fun exercise. And I think the mock drafts, I think there's more value in doing these mock drafts during the season. So I can kind of tell fans of who they can expect to be there. At the end of the day, by draft night, we kind of have a good feeling for who's going to go top three, you know, who's going to be top 10. But I think my value is I could tell you six months ago that Onyeka Okongwu was going to be a top 10 pick when most guys haven't heard about. Now that's where I come in. Right. So, so we want to see your preseason mock draft compared to your now mock draft and see that compared. That we're going to follow you when the draft day comes. So we'll make Jason be texting you back and forth because right? you, you didn't pick well or you pick well. So we want to see that. So when we look at it, we get it. We'll, we'll check it out. There you go. Hold me accountable. That's what I'm asking. There you go. Okay, you go. nice. Well, All right. Obviously, things change very quickly uh, between now and the draft, you know, hour to hour. But as of right now, this moment today, who do you think will be the number one pick if you were a betting man? If I'm a betting man, it's Lamella Ball. I think, uh, I think they're going to ignore questions about his fit. And Minnesota mm-hmm. is just going to chase the star power with Lamella Ball. And they'll figure out fit later. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm always about best player available. Teams are usually about best player available, particularly with the number one pick. And they just had him in for a workout yesterday. Um, from what I heard, it went, it went fine. You know, no red flags. And so uh, six, seven athletic point guard, a, a terrific passer, confident shot maker and score. Um, I, I just think that he's going to be the number one pick just based on talent alone. 
You think he'll get traded, um, you know, or they'll <laughs> keep him? I don't think they would trade him fast. I think D'Angelo Russell would have a better chance of getting traded. Okay. Um, just because teams rarely give up on guys that fast. I will say, though, if they if they take ball and it doesn't work out with Russell, and they obviously they'll give it more than the season. If by the second season it doesn't work out, just like Lonzo, that's all it takes. I think right. two, two seasons is enough to find out if, if you know what you have works. So yeah. Mel, Lamelo is kind of a you know the savior there, right? So if DeAndre Russell doesn't work out because he did all the kind of crazy stuff in LA <laughs> to Brooklyn, whatever it may be, right? So the, they'll they'll trade him or keep him for one year. I don't know how, what his contract states, but uh, I see that working possibly. Yeah, he's got a couple years left. I think they're good. You know, if we're going to talk about that fit, I think DeAndre also could play some two guard, and he's a good right. spot up shooter, mm-hmm. and he shot well off screens and six five size. Uh, um, so I think he's a, a real combo guard, and, and honestly, Lamelo is more of is more of the natural point guard and the better passer and a facilitator and yeah, a guy who's, who can really focus on just setting up teammates while Russell could focus more on scoring, which is really his bread and butter anyway. So Absolutely. I think the bigger questions are their defensive fit, but otherwise, offensively, mm-hmm. they could put a lot of pressure on defenses. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. I mean, one of the things I love most about the NBA is the soap opera and the drama. And we got that for sure with the NBA draft rolling right into the start of free agency. Trades are going to start happening both probably on draft night, around the draft, and with other players. Ralph, before we hopped on, you said you think there's going to be some movement, some guys going around. The yeah, I, too, I think right? so. I mean, I think the, you know, the, the Lakers got to make a move to get, you know, um, some more depth on the bench. I think Kuzma is a, a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I love him for death. I mean, he and LaMelo are with Puma, so I got to be favorites to them, which is great because of the brand that I love. And I think they're, they're great players, but I think with LeBron there trying to win another championship, they're going to have to make some moves. And Kuzma is a very valuable asset. But I heard they're going after, you know, DeRosa from uh, San Antonio. So get him up there and get him off the bench or get him as a starter. They have some backup for uh, Anthony Davis. I don't know what they're going to do with McGee and and Dwight Howard and those type of guys as well. They still can be role players, but I think that's going that's a possibility with the Lakers. They got to make a move somewhere to, to, to repeat, and they're going to do a repeat. It's you know this year of the year. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of rumors out there. They might be targeting Demar Derozan, bring him back home to L.A. Maybe yes. Kuzma, Danny Green. I've heard that. Uh, there's talk Chris Paul's likely going to be moved as Oklahoma City moves into more of a a rebuild. So then where Phoenix? Yeah, exactly. He could go to Phoenix. Is the talk? They've got some assets. Maybe they part with uh, Kelly Oubre, you know, and some other guys. It's, uh, you know, th- this is going to be fun to watch how it all plays out because it's going to happen in such a short period of time. So it's going to be a frenzy. Really, the NBA never stops. The game's just ended and it never stops. And my wife wants to kill me because of it, because this is all I do. <laughs> right. this is all I well, you say it's a frenzy because it's going to be from the 18th to the 22nd. It's going to be right. a, a month, you know, between yeah. draft, training camp, rookie camp. All is going to be combined into one trade. Everything's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Free agency happens right after the draft. Yes. Yeah, it's it's wild. Well, Wass, this has been a blast. You ju- taking some time out of your crazy schedule with the draft coming up to be with us. We appreciate it, uh, especially also congratulations. You became a father uh, in July. Your son Jack was just born. Congratulations. Hey. How is new dad life treating you? It's wild. I mean, what a what a lifestyle change. But uh, oh, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. These, these four months and you learn something new every day. Yeah. Great. 
That's Congrats. cool. Good luck with Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, silver linings of the quarantine time is, you know, you get more time at home with, with your son and with your family. And yeah, that, no complaints here on that. That's on a that. good thing. One last question we always ask all of our guests are, you've had a lot of success in your career to get to where you are today. Is there someone you'd like to pay homage to who helped pave the way for your success to, to help get you to where you are? It might be a friend, a mentor, a family member, or maybe it's even someone you never met before, but it was just sort of a role model from afar. Sure. Um, the guy who gave me my first gig when I had no real experience doing what I was doing. His name's Aaron Smith. He still runs NBADraft.net. He's been doing it since 2000. He stays behind the scenes. Nobody hears his name. Nobody knows who he is. But he gave me a chance at a college and that, you know, I, I was a nobody. And because of that opportunity, I got another opportunity. And so um, somebody I've honestly never even met in person um, after all this time. Wow. And uh, we don't talk that much anymore or at all, honestly. But, uh, you know, if I think about where everything started, it was through an email asking to write for free. And he gave me a tryout. Actually, funny fish. He asked me to write a scouting report on Andy Routens. Oh, um, yeah, of course. Of all people, you know being a Syracuse guy, happy yeah. to know Routen's game. Yeah. And uh, again, because of that opportunity, um, I got another one and, and, you know, here we are 12 years later. Well, cool. Good for him. That's all it takes someone to open one door and it leads to something sure. else. And that's, yeah. uh, that's an awesome thing that I'm sure you'll pay forward one day too, when, you know, Absolutely. you've got your own site and there's a kid out there who wants to write <laughs> for you, you know, yep. that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us, Was. We really appreciate it. It's great catching up with you. Congrats on everything you got going on. And uh, hopefully you get some sleep with having a four-month-old and the NBA draft just hours away. You're probably not going to be sleeping much until November 19th. Yeah, I've gotten used to operating on, you know, five to six hours. Which That's okay. That's Put okay. him down early, feed him, he'll be good. <laughs> yeah. That's the key. That's the key. All right. All right, fellas. Good talking Thanks to you again, Was. Good luck. Yep. We're going right. to hold you accountable to your mock draft. Let's do it. Man, the NBA draft is always an exciting time of year. I remember as a kid watching the draft, recording the draft, it being a big event in my life. Obviously, it's been a big event in your life too, but uh, in a much different way, you know, watching and, and actually being drafted in the number one pick. Um, what do you remember about your draft night? Well, again, I, I think it was even more special back then than it is today mm -hmm. um, because it's more hype and hoopla today. Back then, it was this hoopla and hype. But I, you know, I'm in New York City at, at the low summit right across the street from the Madison Square Garden. I get a call from President Reagan, you know, hotel room and secret service. There. Oh, President Reagan wants to talk to you and say, congratulations on being number one pick. Wow. So that was exciting as well as going to the, the felt forum, you know, for myself, which I knew I was number one, but I had, you know, Clyde Drexler. I had, I mean, had we, Dominique Wood, we had, you know, cast a character there at their time, but everybody was there, you know, before, because uh, they were a couple years before in the draft. So it was fun to see it. And I look back at videos now and look at it and like, wow, my tie was crooked. Well, I'll say something <laughs> negative about my, 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 my stroll in there or I had my jersey up. But it was fun. And then we got on, you know, me and Rodney McCraig was third. We got on two Lear Jets and flew to Houston to say hello to the fans. So it's a time that these kids will never forget, uh, yeah. depending upon how they do it. But you'll never forget the draft, no matter what pick you drafted at. You'll never forget the draft. You always remember that day you got drafted into the NBA. Wow. Really cool experience. I mean, I, I wish these guys could have the opportunity to walk across that stage, shake the commissioner's hand. They're going to be doing it over it's Zoom. It's going to be different. Uh, it's it's going to be different. very different. I mean, I'm going to do it by Zoom, right? I'm going to Zoom and I get to pick and I got my family around. I'm yeah with my family. Yeah. But, you know, 
I don't care what it is. It's still going to be special, but it's not going to be like the normal draft. No, but they're still realizing it's it's amazing to watch as a fan because these are these young men who've worked so hard, and it's the moment where their dreams become realized and they take that step to make the nba it's a really cool thing to witness so i can't wait to watch on the 18th it's coming up uh it's gonna be fun and we'll see if uh jonathan wasserman's draft predictions come true Uh, we're gonna be watching we're gonna find out and then we go call him up and say hey you you had a good draft or you didn't obi topping to the Cavs. that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for at number five i'm gonna be watching All right. We will, too. Well, thanks, Ralph. And uh, thank you to our guest, Jonathan Wasserman. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to another edition of Center Court. We'll be back next week with another great guest. In the meantime, make sure to follow us at Center Court Podcast 50, Ralph Sampson 50, and I'm Jay-Z Fish. We will see you again soon for another edition of Center Court. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.